and welcome <laughs> to a little spooky. <laughs> this is the podcast where we talk about things that we think are just a little bit spooky, like aliens, cryptids, conspiracy theories, monsters, that feeling you get when you're violently ripped out of a deep, deep sleep by the sound of your cat vomiting right outside your door. My name is Colleen. <laughs> and I'm Everett. <laughs> meow Daddy Everett. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I, I don't know if I like Meow Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I just want to tell the people a story. I was talking with Everett, and we were just chatting, and we came across the topic of grandparent names. And I asked him if he, you ever become a grandparent, like, what do you want them to call you? Like, Pops, Grandpa, Pappy. And he just said, Kyle. <laughs> I think it would be funny if, like, just an unrelated name, like, hey, it's let's go to Grandma and Kyle's house. Say goodbye to Grandma and Kyle, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's, it's, not, it, oh, anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been laughing for a while. Um, so that's like the most exciting thing that's happened today. So what are what are we talking about for realsies? Okay. okay. Well, I looked back at our most recent episodes, mm -hmm. and I was just thinking, what do I want to do next? Because recently we've been doing very narrative-driven episodes, which is fine, but I feel like our dynamic needs to be a little more conversational. So I want to keep it a little more. Lucy Goosey. Spice it up. Yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna try something different today. Um so and I, I was looking back at the episodes, like I said, and most recently we did an exorcism. I feel like that's really scary for people that are religious, but sure. not really everyone. Sure. And the Watcher, I guess that could Okay, the Watcher was creepy. It, it could and it could theoretically happen to anyone, but I mean it was real it's really scary if you're like moving to a new home. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not like really applicable to everyone. Smiling man, like technically that could happen to anyone, too. And then the outlook pass. That's like a hiker story. Right. Right. What are you getting at? So what's something that's spooky to everyone? Poison. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sleepy time scaries. Everyone's got to sleep, right? Ah, yes. Everyone's got to sleep. You know what's spooky? Those people who can't sleep. What's we it called? Fatal familial insomnia. Yeah, well, we're going to get to that. You're, oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did not know. Yes, we will get to that. But something that I'm sure everyone, of course, has experienced is a nightmare. That's sure. just base sleepy time scary. Basic. Yeah. What's And we've talked nightmares in the past, too, about like our recurring nightmares. Yeah. Have you had any other nightmares recently? You know, I haven't had a nightmare in a while. Not... Yeah, nothing I would consider, like, having woken up and being afraid. Sure. Or, like, having my heart pounding. But I have been having some weird dreams lately, and I don't know why. Maybe it's the medication I'm on. Maybe it was the no-sugar thing. Maybe it was the no-sugar thing. My brain was just deprived of its regular nutrients. But I think it was, like, last night I had a really bizarre dream. I can't remember, but I woke up being like, what? was that all about yeah and i mean of course everyone probably knows this too but like you forget your dreams unless like you 
right. write them down or talk about them right away after you wake up. Like, Some I think people it's within, can always remember them. Well, no, I right when you wake up, sure, yeah. but they disappear from your memory like after 15 minutes of being awake. Right. Like you, you, It's very vivid when you first wake up, but like after you kind of go through your morning routine, it's gone. Yeah. So that's well, why you got to keep a journal or whatever. I have like kind of vague memories of like certain points because these dreams have been bizarre enough that I remember them decently well a couple nights ago I had a dream that I was at the dentist this this must have been pre-covid the before times I was at the dentist I'm in the waiting room and I get bored of waiting so I decide to go sit next to the fish tank as you know some waiting rooms have fish tanks in them with a fancy little fish and I'm sitting there and I look into the fish tank and it's not fish it's heads of broccoli <laughs> with, <laughs> with legs. So, yeah, that's weird. It's like a mommy broccoli and a daddy broccoli <laughs> and like a little baby broccoli sprout. And they are chasing each other. But there's no arms. They just have legs and they're underwater. And their feet are kind of like slipping on all the rocks. That's cute. It well, um, Yeah. I looked it up. I was like, I got to know. Did they have faces? No, they were just broccoli. With legs. Yes, and I'm the sort of person that has to look up what a dream means. I know that it's, in reality, science says that it's just your brain making sense of what happened during the day. Sure. But I had to know, according to the interwebs, to dream of broccoli represents feelings about something that is unpleasantly in your best interest. So like quitting something. sugar. Sure. So because the, the I guess the idea would be mm, a lot of people don't like broccoli, but they know it's healthy. Right. Okay. Broccoli may reflect unpleasant choices to improve yourself. This is why I now I can't tell if it's an omen that I'm supposed to go back to no sugar or if it was too unpleasant. You got to stop drinking, Colleen. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I guess. Well, that's, that was actually alcohol. that was actually kind of a nice segue because what I want to do first with nightmares is I picked a series of very common nightmares that people around the world have, and we're going to analyze them and what they mean. So it's kind of what you just did. And also, like you said, I mean, this is really up to, you know, people's interpretation. It could mean something different from one person to the next, or like you said, it could just be our unconscious mind trying to make sense of the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. But... And these are going to be in no particular order, but they're five of the most popular. Can sure. you think of any of the most popular nightmares that people would have? Just name one. Just name one. Just one? Yeah. Number one, falling. Falling. Yeah. So that is definitely one. So falling, almost almost always associated with anxiety about recent events or fearing change. Okay. You could also maybe say maybe fear of losing control or something. Or you're scared of heights. It could be something very, you know... Simple and literal like that, too. Yeah. Or you're really tall. But not su- super exciting. One more. What's another? Um, teeth falling out. Yes. That is something that comes up in almost every... That's like, a common one. Oh, I mean, we've talked about this before. I've definitely had that dream multiple and times. And I've never had this one happen to me. Um, but usually what it means is issues with self-confidence relating to feeling unattractive or worrying about how others perceive you. And I think that kind of makes sense because you're worrying about, like, your appearance. So if your teeth fall out, it's like, oh, my God, look, look at me. I'm a monster now, right? Yeah. 
Um, I always wonder, like, so mine are always my teeth falling out, like, uncontrollably. It's not that something happened. They just start falling out. But is it the same interpretation if, like, you get hit in the face and your teeth fall out in a dream? No, I think that's more of being... like, your teeth crack off? No, that's more of a being attacked thing. And I think that would have, like, other ideas associated with it. But as you said, if they just kind of fall out, that's definitely, like, not not a vanity thing, but, like, kind of related to that. You're worried about your appearance or how people think of you. I mean, yeah. So I got three more that I have researched. Can you think of any other comet nightmares? Hmm. Being followed? Um, That's my number one. but more so being chased. Yes. Specifically being chased. Sure. So there's a couple different ways this could go. If the attacker is an unknown entity, uh, that's usually associated with daily reoccurring fears in life. Okay, yes. Such as like abuse, whether it be mental, physical, sexual, emotional. No, not in my case. No, sure. But like if it's an unknown entity, you're... It's like your brain saying like your it's your fear response to your daily life. Right. And that's interesting because I have that I've as I've mentioned in previous episodes, that dream where like <laughs> my mom dumps me on the side of the highway and I have to walk home and this guy follows me. Yeah. That's a little different though. I think this Would is you- more of like someone is like you're in a crowd and then suddenly everyone disappears and it's just the two of you and he starts running at you. Or uh, like the right. smiling man that we talked about a couple weeks ago. It's just the two of them, and then at one point he starts chasing them. Sure. That were a dream, kind of along these lines. Sure. But if the attacker can be identified in your dream, usually that indicates either your hatred or fear of that person, and indicates that you want to end that relationship with them, whether it be an intimate relationship or like a business associate, or if it's like a friend that betrayed you or something like that, or if you're just Harsh. pissed off at someone. Got it. Got it. Got it. And I mean, all of this really does make sense. It's just like. I mean, you can believe if these are accurate interpretations or not, but like it's something that probably makes sense. If you can, if you're being chased by like your best friend in a dream, sure, he or she probably pissed you off recently, right? So, or they're scary, maybe. <laughs> got some scary friends. So I got two more. Can you think of any others? Okay. Um, let's see, chased, falling teeth. Think back to high school. Ooh, naked. Yep. Um, that's just a dream about general anxiety and uncertain uncertainty about what you're going to do next in life. Which is interesting. Why would being naked have anything to do with that? And where yeah, are you I think getting these interpretations? These are done by uh, various studies that I pulled from, um, okay. getting the most popular ones. And, and I definitely kind of grouped a couple of them together because like being chased and being followed are basically the same thing, but they're kind of two different things too. Sure. I guess uncertainty what you're going to do next in life, it's kind of the same thing as the teeth falling out, where it's like you're a little more worried about how people perceive you. So if you're naked and everyone around you isn't, it's like you're being singled out and why me type attitude. Sure. Um, The last one, you're definitely not going to get. Okay. I feel like. All right. Um, well, way to have confidence. <laughs> well, take a guess. Well, now we need a hint. Nothing like any of the previous ones. Okay, well, that's not... <laughs> Just give it to me. Um, Any dream involving you being in a vehicle, whether it be an airplane, car, train, or anything, okay. and it loses control. Oh, Ooh, I get those all the time. So 
if you're in a car and it's out of control and you're the only one in the car, that usually means something like you're feeling that your life has gone in the wrong direction and you need to change. That's not, that's not a good sign. If the car won't start or if you're in a car with someone else and they refuse to drive or take you where you want or anything along those lines, it may mean that you resent that person for preventing you from making your own choices. All right. So I guess I mean, that, that makes... would be a common one among spouses or something or sure. close friends. Sure. But yeah, those are some common nightmares. Um, I often have nightmares about driving and the car going awry, but that's because I'm a terrible driver <laughs> and I'm terrified I've, I've of never, driving. I've, I've had all of those other dreams except the teeth one and I've never had a car or plane or anything like that. I've never been in a vehicle of any kind. And I can't think of a single, I mean, I'm sure I've had one and forgotten about it, but I have no memories of any dreams with falling ever. Even the ones where you jerk awake, like if you're like in the early stages of sleep and then you jerk yourself awake and you imagine you're falling off of something. I've had the jerk myself awake feeling, but not the, not the feeling of falling, like not because I was in a dream and falling and then jerk awake. Yeah. I've just had the jerk awake like i felt like i'm kind of conscious and i feel like i'm about to fall off my bed yeah and one other distinction too between falling dreams that i didn't make there's two different types too there's like one where you're falling and then as about as you're about to like hit the surface of wherever you're falling into you wake up or whatever Mm -hmm. and you trick yourself awake that's i would say more common and that's more of an early stage sleep thing where outside things are waking you up at the same time um, but there's also the one where you're just falling forever, whether it be in like a weird space type thing or just blackness, mm-hmm. but that's a common one too. And I think that's like infinitely more terrifying. I agree. I don't know if we've mentioned this in a previous episodes, but at one point we recorded an episode about near death experiences Yeah, and then we scrapped it because it was boring. So hopefully I'll come back to it. But there was one near-death experience where a lady had an experience where she died giving birth. And when she died, she ended up in this black... Nothingness. Nothingness. And all she heard was a voice telling her that her life was meaningless and that it was all a joke that they were playing on her, whoever they is. And I believe at that point I talked about simulation theory again because it's like the... Yeah, we got to bring that up every episode. Every episode. But the point is, that's some scary-ass shit. Now, I have something a little more spooky. That was just starting off with a little more... uh, That was an appetizer. Yeah, fun times, just kind of... Dipping our toes in. And a moose bouche. We're going to get into more invasive nightmares. That I, that's what I like to call it. Invasive nightmares. All We're right. going to have three different types. They're all going to be connected in some way. So just keep that in mind. And I want you to guess after we talk about all three. Okay. First is the night hag, also known as the witch or the riding witch. Are you familiar with any of those? Is that like a succubus? Kind of, and we will. That's one of the other ones we're going to talk about because <laughs> they they are they are all semi related. So the night hag, it's going to be, and this differs all around the world, but it's in every single culture a different version of it. Um, so while you're asleep, a creature sits on your chest and tries to suffocate you, steal your energy, or just try to scare you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the U.S., it's common to either be a witch or like a gross hag. Or just a demon in general. Interesting. Um, in the Middle East, mm-hmm. it's a jinn, 
which is, you know, there's other mythos about it, but it's usually like a jinn or an evil genie. In Southeast Asia, it's almost always a ghost. In Weird. China, it's almost always a rat. And in Scandinavia, it's either a goblin or a mare. And what a mare is, is a cursed woman who would unwillingly go to people while they're asleep and give them bad dreams, which is what the term nightmare comes from. So, I don't know if you did any reading about this, but did you find any reasons for the cultural differences and what it usually tends to I be? I mean, you can say, like, what what is the reason for a cultural difference? Well, it's probably cultural differences, and it's really hard to, like, quantify that. Yeah. But I guess you can say... Like specifically with China, I imagine there's some kind of rat mythos creature in their folklore. And then Southeast Asia, definitely ghosts. Like they're very religious, but like in the sense of ghosts are bad juju, like more so than America. So I wonder what the significance of it being a woman is. Because you you didn't mention anything about like, you know, ugly dude. And we'll get to this in a little bit too, but specifically with a night hag it's i think it's more across the world it's usually just a monster but for whatever reason in america it can be a witch and i think that's just from our own culture internal sexism yes and also just like the everyone kind of knows about like the salem witch trials and they just have those things deep in their mind like if it's a bad entity or a magical entity maybe it's feminine also puritan yeah pretty much all right but yeah, as I said, like the in Scandinavia, it's either a goblin or a mare. And I thought that was interesting that this is where the term nightmare comes from, yeah. because in their instance with this phenomenon, this specific type of dream, it's very different from the rest where it's a girl that's cursed and then she's like sleepwalking, comes to you, sleeps or like sits on your chest and just tries to give you bad dreams, mm-hmm. which is very different from everyone else, which is trying to curse you or just suffocate you and kill you or just steal your life energy but then like the nightmare is just like i'm gonna scare you a little bit well the sitting on the chest i mean to me that speaks to something else like i mean if that's a common thing around the world there must be something happening during people sleeping yes that inhibits their breathing or something so this only happens to people that sleep on their backs and when you sleep on your back, your soft palate collapses slightly, which blocks your airways. What? So when people snore really loud, they're almost always people that sleep on their backs, too. Ah. So this only happens, at least with the chest sitting, only happens to people that sleep on their back. So it's not like you're going to have a dream where you're sleeping on your stomach or your side. And then, like, a creature is going to flip you over and sit on your chest. It's That's never interesting. Like that. I guess I never would have thought of that. And we're going to kind of analyze this even deeper in a little bit. But I want to get to the next one, which is very closely related to the witch, which is what I grew up to. That's what I always called it. And I want to say, too, I've never had that happen to me. But the first time I heard this story, I was in, like, middle school or something at a sleepover with friends. Mm-hmm. And they told me this story. Like, one of them had this happen to them. It scared the shit out of me, and it stuck with me for so long that, I mean, I wouldn't sleep on my back normally anyway. That's just not how I roll, but this kind of cemented it where I would be scared to ever sleep on my back because I I was worried this would happen to me. Next one, closely related. Wait, pause. What is your usual sleeping position? 
my stomach. Hmm. I mean, maybe I roll. I don't know. But I'm a right side sleeper. And I have to have one foot up, like kind of like a ballerina. <laughs> I mean, I maybe this is just me. Maybe it's a guy thing. I don't know. But I feel like if I'm going to sleep on my side, my legs are going to crush my butt. My, or excuse me, my balls. <laughs> you got some weird legs. Yeah. yeah, I don't have balls to crush, so I guess I can't really speak to that. Yeah. Well, the next one, as you said previously, Incubus and Succubus, specifically Sex Demons. Sex Demons. So, That's a great band name. I'm I bet sure you anything exists. that exists, yeah, it's totally got to exist. So, Incubus is male, Succubus is female. Sure. They're the exact same thing, but they're just... One has a penis and one has a vagina. Right. Um, so what they usually will try to do is they'll try to seduce you into having sex. Or in older times, as they were described, they never used to really be attractive. And they would be like scary, deformed monsters or demons. So in those cases, they would try to like rape you. Sure. But in recent history, it's more of like a, sed- a seductress or like a whatever. Trying to seduce you into having sex. And I've always... Read that those are the ones that sit on your chest. They don't. So when I was researching the the witch and the night hag, in a couple countries, they kind of imagined it. It was the same thing, or kind of reported it being the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's a little bit of overlap. Okay. But it's in most countries, it's so different that I wanted to differentiate it. So, like for a succubus, you see them. Well, I mean, you're dreaming, but like you see them and they're like standing next to you, in front of you. It really depends. I mean, on, but they're not like on you. Yeah, this this can differ from person to person. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. Um, but I mean, in some cases, maybe, yeah, you sleep on your back and they appear on your chest and then you get in to the naughty deeds or whatever. <laughs> Do the rapey bits. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like most of the time. When this happens in people's dreams, it's more of like an actual voluntary type thing. Like they're kind of into it. Oh, okay. Because like it's it's your dream, right? So you, unless you're lucid dreaming and you're aware that you're dreaming, I feel like it would be more scary. Well, yeah. I mean, not to get like all gross or whatever, but don't people generally isn't is don't people like get boners in a cycle over well, sleeping? And yeah, stuff? and that that is one of the the things associated with incubus and succubus especially with males, um, a lot of times the term nocturnal emissions is associated with being encountered by a succubus uh, because you're dreaming it, you know, it's happening in your mind, so then your body reacts. Right. Well, I would imagine that it's in this case because your body does that every night in a cycle. Right. That your body is the one that triggered it and you were like... Right. So... And it depends. I mean, I didn't do like the actual scientific data research, but I'm sure these encounters happen at a certain stage sure. in your sleep. Right. So that would make sense and kind of, you know. Boner. Right. Um, so one thing about these repeated encounters, um, and I forgot who said this, but repeated encounters may leave the victim sick, mentally scarred, or in serious encounters that may kill you too. What? Yeah. And like heart attack? Mm-hmm. Oh. Like your body will just kind of react negatively to this and you could theoretically Weird. die. So, so I wonder if it's it's as a reaction to the dream or you were going to have a heart attack and that dream is like a 
kind of a reaction, like your body knows that you're in the early stages of having a heart attack and then... Yes. How would they know if somebody died? Do you know, like, I mean, well, they would know you're dead. <laughs> I just mean, how would they know you were dreaming well, of that think, before you die? Right. That's a good point. And I think for a lot of people, they have repeated encounters with okay. these things. Or, you know, these things are right. like, not real. They're happening in your head. But like... Could be real. Maybe. I don't know. But... If they're having them like pretty much every night or every other night, and then they sometime when they die in their sleep after having like a rough day and they're sure. looking gaunt or whatever, like you can kind of put two and two together, I guess. Right. Um, one thing I did mention earlier too about their appearance and like older times when these types of things were first documented, um, they were originally described as hideous. Specifically, they would have talons or bird feet. And snake tails, mm. and then like deformed faces, like human slash demonic faces. But they would almost always have bird feet or talons, and like a serpentine tail. Interesting. In Jewish folklore, and I don't think this is like an Orthodox thing. This is just kind of like a sect or maybe like a version of Judaism. It is said that Lilith, the demon, was actually the first succubus, and she was. Also, actually, the first wife of Adam and not Eve. Oh, like in um, the the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Right. Oh, yeah. wait, no, she was the first wife of Satan. Yeah, that was it. By the way, like, she's the first demon also. Right, yes. Got but, and a lot of Jews apparently believe that she was also the first succubus, too. So she's appearing to people, specifically men, in their nightmares. Sure. Because women are bad. Third invasive nightmare. And if you have seen the documentary The Nightmare, you're going to be familiar with this one. It's called Just the Man in the Hat. It's weird how like uniform this appears to people who mm -hmm. experience it, but it's a shadow person that wears a hat and appears to you while you're sleeping, usually in your doorway or just stands next to you while you're in bed or wherever you're sleeping. And then he induces what's described as pure fear, resulting in your inability to wake up or move. He's likely the inspiration of the Nightmare on Elm Street. And like I said, he's the subject of the documentary The Nightmare from 2015. And I will say that documentary is probably the scariest documentary I've ever watched. I wouldn't say scariest movie because it's not really a movie, but they do recreations in that movie too, or that documentary. Scariest in subject matter that it's... And their recreations too. Okay. That is, I don't like it. <laughs> that has never happened to me i've never no. i mean like other than just like random anxiety where you think you see a person in your room but really it's like a sweater on a chair or something yeah but no this is like very clearly a person it's the form of a person and like in some for some people hat. always wearing a hat it's usually like a not like a top hat but like a bowler hat type thing oh. um That's and, a weird so, and for detail. some people it'll move too so it's not like something in the corner of your room <laughs> Okay, so I just want to come back in and say we had to quit, take a take a quick short break because our cats just caused a scene oh outside of God. this room and it scared the shit out of Colleen. Apparently. I almost pissed my pants. <laughs> I I don't know if it's because we're talking about like spooky stuff, but I thought I heard like footsteps. Here's a secret: we're in a basement. I thought I heard footsteps above us, it's and I was cats. like, it's it's got to just be the cat. And then we hear. Brrr on the door and it sounds like someone's kind of knocking on the door it's just the cat 
So Everett keeps talking, and then all of a sudden there's this crash sound, and Everett looked at me with a paralyzing fear. But I think it was just me trying not to pee my pants. Yeah, they knocked some shit over, and it scared, Holy shit. It scared the crap out of Colleen. Oh and it, I just wanted to include it because... My, I'm seriously like, I'm having a minor heart attack right now. <laughs> okay, so we talked about... All right, sorry. We, yeah, no, okay. it's fine. So we talked about the man in the hat. Yes. We talked about Incubus and Succubus, and we talked about the Night Hag. Correct. Can you think of anything that all three of those would kind of encompass or be related to? Okay, so one one of them is sitting on your chest. Yes. One of them ca- induces paralyzing fear. Mm-hmm. And one of them rapes you? Or, or just has sex with you. It doesn't have to be. And it's not always a bad thing, too, for a lot of people. Okay, so one of them is just... It, it could go either way. Yeah. I that one doesn't make sense to me. The, the the paralyzing fear of the shadow man and the hag. Mm-hmm. I would think maybe sleep paralysis. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, and I mean you watched the nightmare with me too, and that Did movie. I? Yeah, and that movie is about sleep paralysis. Was I awake? I don't usually stay awake when you watch those. I don't know. Movies. Maybe, maybe not. I don't remember. But yes, all these have to do with sleep paralysis, and in recent history. The man in the top hat or the hat of whatever kind seems to be the major experience that people have when it comes to sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. So now let's just talk about sleep paralysis. I just I'm so intrigued by the hat thing. I understand like a shadow person, mm-hmm. you know, but it's weird that multiple people would envision it with a hat, the same hat. Yeah, but um, maybe it's real. Uh, yeah, and I mean, if you want, if you're interested in watching that documentary, they kind of talk about that too. I don't remember specifically what they said about the hat, but it is weird that it is almost always the same type of like bowler hat. And yeah. I mean, what is it about all of our brains that yeah, encapsulates what, yeah, what is it? the like, bowler? Hat? Is it just like to signify that it is something trying to be a human, but at the same time is trying to take or, your energy or? Glitch in the Matrix. Maybe. Mm. Well, so sleep paralysis. And one thing I kind of skipped over with all those invasive nightmares, sleep paralysis for a lot of people can kind of explain alien encounters and abductions too. Um, sure. Because it seems so real and it yeah. usually happens when you're sleeping too. That would make sense. So, but I mean, we we can talk about aliens because I feel like that's too different. We can talk about that in another episode. Yeah, I, you know I love a good alien tale. We'll so, get down to abductions later. So... Sleep paralysis is something that has been studied, but not in detail. There's still so many unknowns when it comes to sleep paralysis. But what someone may experience, other than what we've already talked about, is a variety of auditory hallucinations, including but not limited to buzzing, humming, static, hissing, zapping, whispers, voices, or even roaring or booming sounds. So when you're sleeping and then you are in that mindset of being paralyzed, but you're almost kind of conscious too. A lot of people would see that man in the hat, but right before he appears, he would kind of like announce he was coming with like a hissing or a buzzing Ah. sound. So they're always kind of interconnected too. And like with incubuses and succubi, I guess it's incubi and succubi, um, they would usually come with like a a zapping or like they would kind of announce they're coming with like a whisper. I wonder if that's like a, 
blood flow to your ears. Sort I, of thing. Well, and we're going to get into uh, what people think the reason for it is. Okay. Um, so how does it happen? Who does it happen to? Right? Like, oh, is that a, a no, no, question? I, no, just like a, question. a rhetorical question. So like, I mean, I've never personally had sleep paralysis. I have not. What I understand about it is like you can get occasional sleep paralysis. Yeah. I mean, when you fall asleep, your body produces some sort of hormone or chemical or whatever that keeps you paralyzed so you don't act out your dreams and, you know, like, right. hurt yourself. Yep. So, but your brain can become conscious before your body kind of wakes up. Right. So, uh, in that way, like, the average person, I think, could maybe experience sleep paralysis, like, uh, as on a on a whim. But, right. like, I've never understood people who constantly get it do you right. have more info about yeah, it or is it like- yeah, i do so okay. so how does it happen um and there's so many different ways that could cause the specific thing needed for you to experience sleep paralysis mm-hmm. so it could be like a hereditary thing it could just be like a mutation or just even stress or something okay. so what happens is it's and like i said this isn't super well studied so there's like no actual data behind it but the the hypothesis is that there's a delay from moving from your REM sleep to your waking stages of sleep but then you are consciously woken but you're still in your REM sleep your, right, so your, your brain your brain your brain's in a yes spot. your brain still thinks you're in REM sleep but your body is awake which for some reason has like this half conscious half unconscious mindset mm-hmm. so that's why it causes so many hallucinations, whether it be visual or auditory. Sure. Because it's just your brain you know, probably still thinking it's dreaming. But just so odd that people would all have the same ones. Like I said, it was it could, it could be hereditary or anything like that, but it is thought to happen to people who may be sleep deprived or have a recent change in sleep schedule as well. Right. Um, if you have any prior conditions like insomnia or narcolepsy, you're going to be much more prone to having sleep paralysis. Sure. And this is one weird statistic that has, I mean, there's like sources for this, but it's so vague that I don't get it. Mm -hmm. So it's thought that between 8% and 50% of all people will experience one bout of sleep paralysis in their life. So yeah, it's a very wide range. I would think that it would be higher or like in the higher number just because... Uh, it just seems like something that could happen to you at any time. Yeah, like it, it really could. <laughs> your brain's it, no, just being weird. It really could. Like if you have like jet lag or something and you're stressed about the yeah. trip and like you're just, your sleep is fucked or whatever. You, right. You, it, it could happen Or like to you, you drank a little too much the night before and your sure. brain is, so that's why it's weird to, <laughs> it's weird that they would even right. bother giving a percentage. Yeah, it's, it's, lit- it's literally, an, it's literally an estimate and it's such a large range of people. Like it could be anywhere between right. 8% or 50% of the general population. But regardless, this is a little more concrete. About 20% of people that experience sleep paralysis have reoccurring sleep paralysis. So most people And that's higher than I would think. Yeah. So most people will only have it once, maybe twice in their life. Sure. If it's even half. So like half of people will have it once or twice in their life. Mm-hmm. But other people will have it once a month, once a week, maybe Ish. every night. Um, and that's usually, you know, some sort of disorder you have, but there's no medications for this. Yeah. What are and, you supposed to do about it? Right. And actually, um sleep aids make these things worse. Yes. So you can't take like 
melatonin or any like ZQL or anything like that. It just makes your hallucinations worse. Oh God, I that would give me. I mean, not to make light of a mental illness, but PTSD to me would occur because think of like you'd have constant hallucinations and you never yeah. know when it's going to happen not constant hallucinations but you never know when it's going to happen and you can't move yeah so that's if you, horrifying and if you have it like every other day or something that's going to be causing you to be afraid to sleep which yes. just makes you have more insomnia Ugh. which makes it worse when you do fall asleep gross okay so this as i mentioned a little bit earlier seems to happen almost exclusively to people that sleep on their backs even with sleep paralysis not just the night hag but with sleep paralysis oh okay as i mentioned while you're sleeping on your back the soft pellet does slightly collapse and obstructs the airway which causes the feeling of suffocation which explains the night hag Mm -hmm. trying to kill you could could explain the the incubi or succubi Mm -hmm. doesn't really explain the man in the hat but if you're having trouble breathing that's going to cause a fear response in mm-hmm. you and you're going to immediately go to the negativity and thinking of, you know, someone's out to get you or pure evil is right next to you or something like that. Also, when you're in this state between REM and the waking stages of sleep, you're in what's called a hypervigilant state. So you're immediately looking for threats. Sure. So that's why a lot of people think that you see the man in the hat and he's a shadow person one of the most menacing things you could see in a dark room because he's darker than the darkness and you immediately think he's out to get me or he's going to hurt me or he's going to kill me. Well, somebody you're not expecting to see in your room while you're asleep. Yes, I would assume was going to murder me. So that's just one thing that's thought like if you're in this stage, like you're aware that you are now aware, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why you're like, I can't move. I have to watch out for myself. I can't move my head, but I can move my eyes. Is there anything there that's going to hurt me? Yeah. So. (laughs) Now, this is my own hypothesis. There's no actual evidence for this. But as you mentioned earlier, fatal insomnia is a thing. And I personally think that sleep paralysis, if you're experiencing it regularly, I personally think that may be an early detector for fatal insomnia really how okay i don't know anything it's all i know is called familial no it's not it's called fatal insomnia and there's two different types one is the type you're thinking of okay fatal familial insomnia is a hereditary condition yes, and that's the only one i knew existed no. there's a different one yes the other one is called sporadic fatal insomnia they're both the exact same thing where there's a specific mutation in a specific gene that causes your brain to not be able to sleep anymore. So there's, I think the number of families in the world, that was roughly 40 families in the world that carry this trait and they kind of tried to not reproduce to pass it on. Yeah. That Um, would be horrifying. So those are most of the cases, but it can also be just a random genetic mutation. So -hmm. this could theoretically happen to anyone, but those are just so rare that, And I mean, in general, fatal insomnia is extremely rare, but it's even more rare to receive the random mutation. Sure. Well, I mean, you could say that about literally any disease. Right. But this is like extremely rare. Right. So what do you know the symptoms? Like, how is it? Okay, go. There are four stages. The first stage lasts for about four months. 
and the person has increased insomnia, so they can't sleep very well or can't sleep at all, and this causes panic attacks, paranoia, and new random phobias. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if you're just continually sleep-deprived, right. you're on edge all the time. And it's only four months. The first stage. Four months. Okay. So, so you're still getting enough sleep to survive. Yes, and to kind of get by. The second stage, the insomnia increases drastically, and lack of sleep starts to cause hallucinations and worsening panic, panic attacks. And how long does this last? For about five months on average. Okay. So this is why I think that sleep paralysis may be an early detector, because if you're experiencing hallucinations related to lack of sleep, it's probably sleep paralysis, or it could you be. You think? It could be. Well, wouldn't you remember not being able to move? Yes. And the, the thing is, this isn't like, th these are so rare that like there's only been a sure. certain amount of cases. The hallucinations happen when the person is trying to sleep. It's not like they're hallucinating their like day-to-day -day life. Right. At least not, right, right, right. At least not yet. <laughs> um, sure. But in these first couple stages, you know, it's when you're trying to sleep and like you just see shit in your room or hear stuff. So this, like I said, lasts about for on average five months. But then after that, the third stage is the complete inability to sleep and makes all of the prior symptoms even more severe and also leads to rapid weight loss. This stage lasts for about three months. Then finally, the fourth stage, the person becomes mute, unresponsive, usually diagnosed with dementia, and will only live for about another six months tops. Okay, so that's nine months with zero sleep. You I can get by with that? Yeah, and that's what I think is crazy too. And I think what will happen in these cases, in these cases, they'll have like micro sleeps that last for like two seconds. Yeah. Because if you don't sleep, I think like the record for no sleep in a row is like only like, I think it's like 15 days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, science has not yet caught up on the reason why people actually have to sleep there's right. no like actual i mean i'm sure they've been able to determine the benefits but there's no actual reason yeah they can like identify the symptoms that will happen from lack of sleep but they can't identify why your brain needs to sleep right and that's so, true for like any sort of animal that needs to sleep as right well. right i mean it doesn't make sense evolutionarily like right. you know but i i'm surprised that you can get by that long with that little amount of sleep just from myself having gone like two or three nights without sleeping at all right and i am i mean i'm not hallucinating but i am but like if a you paranoid go, but if you go another mess. couple days like if you get to like four or five days that's when you actually do start uh specifically with auditory hallucinations um you'll hear buzzing and beeping i've i've had that happen the longest i've stayed awake is only like two maybe three nights in a row mm -hmm. without being able to sleep and that's when I actually do start hearing like the tinnitus type, like yep. just constant droning, beeping in the background. Um, that always happens before any visual for these people. Can't, you can't take sleeping medication. Yeah, that was actually that my doesn't next even point. work. Just like with sleep paralysis, it doesn't work. And this, in the limited amount of cases that have happened recently where they've tried sleep aids, it shortens the average time that you have to live. Like, really? And and it still doesn't help you fall asleep at all. No, it might at the very beginning, but after a while, like your you know, your actual DNA is mutated and your brain just won't allow you to sleep. So if you're taking these sleep aids, it's going to like 
have two people pulling on you from yeah. different directions, but your brain won't allow you to sleep. So then it's just causing your hallucinations to be worse because maybe part of your brain thinks you're asleep, but you're literally not sleeping. And then eventually you forget everything and become mute I don't, deaf. Well, there's no... Well, not yes. deaf, I should say mute, mute and unresponsive. Yes, and a lot of people do get dementia as well. I don't think that's the case with everyone, but at a certain point, you will become mute and unresponsive. For whatever reason, if you don't sleep for that long, you just I imagine you can't have some sort of brain damage at that point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's why you no longer have the ability to communicate. So the only reason I've heard of fatal insomnia is, I don't remember, maybe it was an episode of House or something, or SVU. Yeah. I saw that when I was like a teenager, and I in middle through high school have always had terrible insomnia like up all night yeah. or you know maybe an hour or two of sleep per I, night and that was like i think that the idea of fatal insomnia was what was keeping me up at night well it's terrifying it's, yeah i think it's probably the idea because this only happens to people when they're in their 40s or 50s like middle-aged oh, interesting there, i don't think there's ever been a case of younger than that it's something about the gene that's being mutated where it only triggers when you get to kind of in the mid-age range. Hmm. And as I said, this is so rare and so understudied that there's no known treatments or cure. There's no one that yeah, has survived I mean, this. So if you have it. Ugh, that is not a fate I would want to endure the entire year and a half of. No. And I... I'm sure there have been cases where people are like, they're starting to show the signs. And once it progresses to be no longer manageable, I'm sure, you know, thoughts of like ending it come at that point because it's too painful to live through. And too, I mean, you know, they have paranoia and fears of everything at that point, too. Yeah. So well, I'm wondering now with like the advent of gene therapy and science being more sciencey. <laughs> <laughs> If that's going to be one thing that might be like easy, not I shouldn't say easy to cure, but like once you figure out which gene and why it turns off, you yeah, can just. I suppose the issue is like it's so rare. Diagnosing and, it. Yeah, diagnosing it. And like because it is so rare, like it's, you know, not high priority sure, to no, fund. Right. So you would have to be extremely rich in order to probably try and cure yourself or even treat yourself. Got it. Got it. No, no, I just mean maybe it's one of those things that once you get the concept of gene therapy down and science has progressed, maybe that's just one of the things that'll be easy <laughs> to fix. I don't know. Well, I'm just hope I got hope out there. Well, that was all I had for sleepy time scaries. What scares you the most about what we talked about? Is it sleep paralysis or the, the fatal insomnia? The fatal insomnia is by far the worst. One of my biggest fears is just going insane. And that to me is the but the the no. like quintessential idea of going insane where you slowly start to know you're going crazy until it's But the way I look at it is it's so exceedingly rare to get fatal insomnia. But if it's estimated that maybe half the general population will have sleep paralysis, that scares me more because I'm worried it might actually happen to me and it could happen at any time, too. I remember as a kid, I mean, I don't I never associate it with sleep paralysis, but I do have a vivid memory of like 
being eight or nine and it being like a Saturday morning and I was just starting to wake up like it was really early in the morning and I was conscious and like ready to get out of bed, but I couldn't move. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, it wasn't like scary though. Cause it was like daytime. <laughs> so like, I, I guess I never consider that as like a form of sleep yeah. paralysis. One thing I wanted to quick mention too, and this came from the documentary we talked about the nightmare. So take it with a grain of salt. I don't know how much like actual truth there is behind this, but it said, if you meet the quote unquote requirements needed to experience sleep paralysis after you hear about it, you are much more likely to experience it. What? Why would you do this? So good luck, everyone. <laughs> you're an asshole. <laughs> I would just say don't sleep on your back if you're worried about it. That's I mean, the I'm easy, a, I'm that's a the side easy solution. Force yourself to sleep on your side or your stomach. Yeah, completely change your lifestyle because of this podcast. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> no, that is actually true, though. That wasn't a joke. They actually did say that in that documentary. Like, people that are susceptible to experiencing sleep paralysis, if you talk about it or if you hear anything about it, you're much more likely to get it, which is weird. Like, what? what is the correlation? I'm, like, I'm a very high anxiety person. If you tell me I have something, I definitely have it. What is, what is that called? Hypochondria. Yeah, hypochondria, yeah. That's me. So... <laughs> That's gonna be fun. I would, I would definitely highly recommend that documentary too. I think it's on Netflix still, and I'm sure it's on almost any streaming service. But it is extremely interesting and goes much more in depth about the man in the hat and about what people experience with sleep paralysis. And they actually had real people that experience it be interviewed on it and helped. Uh, they helped recreate the scenes too. So they said when they recreated the scenes in that documentary, it's very accurate to how they experienced their sleep paralysis. So the actual auditory things that are happening and what they see with the man in the hat is how they experienced it in their dreams. So if you want to be scared, watch it. It is really scary, in my opinion. And that's Movie Corner with Big E. Very related to what we were talking about. Yes, no, I know. I Sleep itself is scary. I mean, anyone can... Everyone sleeps. Yeah, I know. Well, That's why I wanted to talk about it, because it's relatable to everyone. Yeah, you, don't have to you be wanted a to terrify everyone. Yeah, you don't have to be a hiker to be, you know, scared of the Atlas Pass. Like, it's, I mean, it's a story, and you have to, you have to be a hiker. To I think the scary. fact that I thought we were going to die because we were being attacked, <laughs> and there was a stranger at our door. That was scary. Heightened my fear, and I'm not going to sleep well tonight. We- I seriously, like... I almost peed my pants. (laughs) Well, if you experience sleep paralysis because of this podcast, let us know. We want to hear about your stories. Yeah, and I will make Everett apologize (laughs) to you. So, Colleen, for tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this, do you have a listener story? I do. I have a very short, pretty explainable listener story from one of our Discord listeners. What's his name? His name is Doc Trancy. And here is his story. Sometime within the last week and a half, I went into my car to get some shopping done. I got in and I saw the stuff in my glove box on my passenger seat. I called the people I live with and asked if they did anything to my glove box. They said no. After I got my shopping done and got home, my roommates had checked their car and their glove boxes and the same thing had happened. But for both cars, nothing seemed to have been stolen. We have no idea what happened. 
we have since locked our cars. That's a weird feeling. We've we've had some similar stuff happen to our car if we accidentally leave it unlocked, but things are actually stolen. So it sounds like with him, nothing was actually taken from his car. Yeah. That's a weird feeling knowing that someone is trying to rummage through your personal belongings in your car. It's but, invasive. But they didn't take anything. At least he didn't say he did. Possible explanation. Someone was looking for drugs. Maybe. Probable explanation. Car ghosts. <laughs> car ghost. Um, car ghost. Car ghost. It's, <laughs> it's not like Carrie from Stephen King, like where the, go- or the ghost itself is the car. That's Christine. Sorry. Right? Yes, you are completely correct. I don't know why I said Carrie. Well, because that's like his famous yes, story. Yes, it is Christine. That is the car. The car, Dr. Trancy, your car is not haunted, but you do have a car. Probably look in your air vents. That's probably where it is. The I ghost? Yeah, the ghost. I always thought they kind of lived in the exhaust pipe. How does it get in then to the glove compartment? Check the air vents. <laughs> um, get an air freshener. But instead of a regular, like, you know, floral or clean linen scent, I would get like a... I recommend sage. I w- maybe. Yeah, I was going to say like a salty ocean breeze one. Salt is that purifying thing. Well, I mean, in that case, out. just put salt in your car. Get a couple of salt packets from McDonald's. Yeah, open them, dump them in the bottom of your glove compartment, and then put a little bit on the passenger seat for good measure, too. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And, you know, like, next time, why don't you, like, leave a note in your glove box? It says, like, if this is a ghost, press, you, press one leave now. two pennies on <laughs> the dashboard. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's a malevolent ghost. I think it just wanted to see what kind of person you were to see if your car was worth haunting. True. Or it was drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, if it was just a robber, I hope you're locking your car now. But if it is a ghost, and I think it is, put some salt in there. Yeah. Salt it. So if you salt have, it and burn it. <laughs> yes. Don't burn your car. Just burn the salt. Um, if you have a story you want to send to us, or from my for my personal request, if you've written a short creepypasta, I would love to read it as well. Send it over to us. Yeah. Where, where can they send it? You can email us at contact at nerdsloth.com or you can DM us on any of our social meds. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NerdslothHQ. Or there is a website. Yeah. Nerdsloth.com. And I think we're going to be kind of doing some new stuff with the website along with the rest of Nerdsloth soon to check out other awesome Nerdsloth podcasts. There's a few to look at. Party so- in Peril. Yeah. Of course, Saturday morning cartoon boom. Yeah, I need to listen to um Party in Peril. I haven't been able to start it yet uh, because I've been so busy, especially with our podcast, too. But I will be starting that very soon, too. And I'm excited. So give it a listen, too. Yes. Everybody, check out nerdsloth.com. Check out some new podcasts. And and send us your stories. And and send us your bones. Send us your bones. And I hope you have a lovely day. And I love you. Yep. Have a great week, everyone. Except for you, Tom Brady. He won. He won. I know, but he doesn't need a better week. No, he doesn't. (laughs) He probably kissed his son goodnight with a nice wet makeout sesh. You know what? (laughs) All right. We're we're leaving. We're leaving it here. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. I love you. Bye. Bye.
Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.